Aberdeen. It was a shorthand. It was a shorthand. Joining us right now is the Aberdeen's <laughs> general manager. We, of course, know that they are the Ironbirds, and occasionally they've got another name or two up their uh, sleeve. That is Matt Slatus. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting here in the beautiful Aberdeen. I am good. You're in the high Aberdeens or the low Aberdeens? I will be the high Aberdeens today. How's all that? Right. There you all go. Right. First of all, how's your son doing? He's about, he, I'm guessing, year and a half, 18 months? He, he's almost Jonah. 18 months. Yeah. He's doing well. I, uh, while I sit here at work today, I'm getting uh, photos of him and my wife and my mom and my sister. They're all enjoying the morning at Belvedere Square. So oh, good. I, I'm a little envious, but at least baseball season's coming up fast. It is coming up fast. You've got just, just a touch over a month to get uh, everything dusted off and ready to go. Um, talk about, does it? am I right in saying that because your season starts later than than regular baseball or the regular minor leagues in the independent league, you don't start till mid-June, that you might fall privy to just think, ah, we got more time, and then all of a sudden you get about this time removed from opening day and you go, oh, geez, a whiz, we got this to do or that to do? It, it sneaks up on you. I'll tell you, usually around the winter meetings, um, you know, we fly out to some warm destination. Mm-hmm. I think San Diego next year. It was Vegas this year. And I, I look at my full season colleagues, and they're starting to squirm a little. And I, I'm happy to sit by the pool for one more round. <laughs> but as we get to March or so, you know, when spring training hits, those guys are in high gear, and we're starting to squirm. So the the longer off season still sneaks up on you. It's um, it's just as challenging as if we were in a full season league. But I am uh, I'm thankful to not be working 70, 80 nights a year. It, right. To me, this, this baseball light version at 38 games, is it's the perfect number. Well, you know, you, you talk about things sneaking up on you. All of a sudden, you look up and uh, single-game tickets for this team go on sale this morning, correct? They, they've been on sale for one hour and seven minutes. There you go. Uh, couldn't be happier. Believe it or not, we've got less than 200 tickets left for opening night. So. Really? Things are going really, really well. Fans are excited. Um, if you're in the area today, come on down to the ballpark. We'll be here till 1 o'clock. Families can play catch on the field. Uh, for the first time in almost 20 years, this, this ballpark is back to being a Coca-Cola park, so you can come in and, and sample the change we made there. We've got dollar hot dogs, dollar Coke products, and, and just a whole lot of fun for the family. Well, you know what? You, you mentioned about the, you know, if you go up there today, that you know families can go on the field and play, play catch and things of that nature. One of the things the Orioles have done on Mother's Day and Father's Day in the past uh, recent recent years is the the fact that you know Father's Day dads and their kids mothers you know they can go out there and play catch on the field and I think that's a pretty neat idea. It, it, it's great, you know. We all I grew up in New York City, just outside the city, and some, if someone had given me the chance as a, a suffering Met fan to go play on the field, you know, that would have made my year. It probably would have made my teenage years. And would have been and, one of the best players on the field. <laughs> yeah, I would have, especially in the nineties. Well, you know, fans can play catch on the field here every Saturday before the game, and that's what minor league baseball is all about. It's about getting people out to the park in a safe and affordable environment, and just giving them a chance to, to live those dreams every time they're here. We're talking with uh, Matt Slatus, general manager of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Uh, you've got the, the home opener coming up and the opener of your season on the 14th and 15th, a brief two-game stand. But then in July, it's uh, quite amazing. you got 17 home dates 
Uh, other than keeping your fingers crossed that the weatherman cooperates, <laughs> what is that like to have that many home dates in, in a 30-day time slot? It's actually 19, and I, and I know 19? it because I'm, I'm one part excite, filled with excitement and one part filled with dread. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, but like you said, you're, you're constantly monitoring the weather. You're not sleeping a whole lot. Um, it's almost like I have a newborn again because I get <laughs> home at midnight and I'm right back in the office at 7 a.m. It, it's a grind. You know, that time of year for me is uh, that's when everything happens. That's when all the hard work that myself, my staff, mainly my staff, have put in in the off season. That's when it all comes to fruition. So, in those 19 games, we're worried about everything from getting the visiting team into town and making sure the umpires are in their hotel to the fire marshal and fireworks going off. Do we have enough hot dogs? Do we have enough water? It's 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 a nonstop go go go. But then we get to August, and uh, I don't want to say we take our foot off the gas pedal but it's nice to slow down a little bit as we head into the off season yeah but one of the neat things about august the third uh you do change team names uh, the aberdeen legacy i'm excited about it yeah and, and you uh, are gonna honor the entire ripkin family that day we are. So Cal and Bill will be here. Um, Vi, their mom, will be here. Ellie, their sister, will be here. And what this facility was before it was a ballpark, before it was a youth baseball complex, was just hundreds of acres of farmland. And what it's become is a, a gathering place for kids to play baseball on the East Coast, for families to come out to the Upper Chesapeake region. And you know, I, Cal's my boss, and when I talk to him about what his legacy is, sure, it's the streak, and I think everybody knows that and recognizes 2632, but it's a whole lot more than that. It's about leaving the game better than he found it, and I think that that's what we want to recognize is the impact that Cal and Bill have had on youth baseball in continuing to get kids to play the game, not just in Maryland, but around the globe. You know, he's the, the commissioner's ambassador to the youth game, and it's no right. secret that baseball has struggled in the last couple of years with getting kids to play. So some of the things that he's worked on just to get more kids out there, and baseball's doing a great job supporting him in the game they play every year at the Little League World Series, in some of the youth programs, the play ball initiatives. So we want to recognize them that night. And obviously, we don't want to shy away from recognizing the streak either. So we've come up with a really cool uniform. It's got Bill, Cal Senior, and Cal Junior on the on the patch. And the the hat they're wearing that night actually has a silhouette of one of Cal's many batting poses because we all know he had a bunch of different stances. <laughs> yeah, he did. And then Craig and I saw Craig and I saw every single one of them. <laughs> well, you you were watching history then, a lot of it. Um, because he was a special player. So, you know, we've got a 2632 cap. The family will be here. Um, we actually have on our website right now for sale. You can buy four tickets for 60 bucks. It's the same price as any other time you want to buy four tickets. But if you purchase it through the site, you actually get an autographed 8x10 from both Bill and Cal. So it's going to be a fun night. Hopefully people come out to the ballpark and celebrate them. And we're already starting to put together um, special plans for next year because it's going to be the, the 25th anniversary of 2131. Wow. So I think we'll have some, That's some things up our sleeves. incredible to think of that. Yeah. How, in dealing with Cal and Billy, how hard is it for them to, to for you to get their buy-in? I don't think they come in and go, hey, um, Matt, let's <coughs> let's celebrate my – 
this thing and that thing and Billy and the legacy. So you come up with ideas when you approach them, uh, or do you go to John Maroon first and sort of say, what do you think Cal's reaction to this is going to be? How do you approach them, and what do you generally find their reaction? You know, I go right to the source. Um, so usually I'll start with Cal, um, and I'll, I'll go to Bill at the same time. But it, it's uh, it, they're not guys who like self-promotion. No. So I know when I bring them some of these things, it might be met with a little bit of a squirm. But ultimately, I think if it's if it's tasteful, it's if it's supportive of the game, and if it's supportive of Harford County, Aberdeen, Greater Baltimore, they'll usually get behind it. Um, you know, one of the commitments they've got to the Ironbirds this summer is to be out here on U Sports Night, Saturday, June fifteenth. It's the second game of the year, and we're going to have probably upwards of a thousand. Uh, Little League players, softball players, Babe Ruth players down on the field before the game, and and Cal and Bill are going to take photos with every single one of them. So if it's in support of what they believe in, growing the game, getting kids involved, getting families involved, they're more than happy to do it. And sometimes I have to remind them, hey, you know, you do have the 26-32 streak. You are the greatest infielder of all time. Um, We want to recognize you for it. So... They're always supportive. They're they're really great owners, and they're they're great people to work with. Well, now you saw talked about nineteen home dates now in the month of July, correct? Yes. All right. One of those is July the nineteenth, which is my favorite day of the year in Aberdeen, as we've known, come to know on this show, and that's Steam Crabs Night. <laughs> the, the crabs will reemerge this year, so we've. Yeah, the steam crabs became so popular. We sold so much merchandise. We sold it all around the world. Those two games sold out, um, but it still got kind of tired. So this year we re-envisioned the crabs. We reimagined them. We've got a new crab mascot. We've got new logos. Uh, I'm actually sitting in my office right now wearing a brand new steam crabs hat. Um, it's going to go. be a lot of fun. And one of the coolest things about that night, you know, this this food frenzy, we'll call it, has taken over minor league baseball with all these clubs changing their team names. Uh, my counterpart, the GM up north in Connecticut, the Connecticut Tigers, the, the Detroit Tigers affiliate, they play a game every year as the Connecticut Lobster Rolls. Yep. So it just so happens I was able to convince Dave to send his lobster roll uniforms down to Aberdeen. So we will have a, a seafood showdown that night between the steamed crabs and the lobster rolls. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> it there really is, doesn't. There is nothing more quintessentially minor league than watching the steamed crabs play the lobster rolls. Now, uh, speaking of steamed crabs, are you still serving steamed crabs out at Aberdeen Ironbirds games, or is that gone by the wayside? Definitely not has gone by the wayside for sure. So we are, it, to my knowledge, the only ballpark in America that will sell you a bag of crabs, let you take them back to your seats, and you hack away at them. So we, you know, we we want to have fun foods in this ballpark. And being where we are, you know, you, you get up to the roof of this building, you and you can see the Chesapeake Bay. So for being that close to to the bay, we knew we needed crabs. So steamed crabs, crab pretzel, boiled shrimp, you name it. We sell more seafood in this place than hot dogs. Uh, Let me talk a little bit about the baseball that people will see. First of all, refresh our memory. Who's going to be part of this staff uh, that takes the field? You know, the manager, the coaches that will take the field on June 14th. So we're, we're returning some familiar faces, and we've got some new faces. Uh, Kevin Bradshaw, 
who managed here two years ago, is the skipper of the club. He comes back up this year. KB's been in baseball. Um, will probably kill me for saying this, but I'm guessing it's about as long as I've been alive. Uh, I know he was a, a teammate of Billy Beans with the Tigers, played some AAA ball for a while. Um, he also was uh, kind of the orchestrator this year. He oversaw Orioles spring training in okay. the minor league camp. Um, so he's a great name to have. Uh, and locally, believe it or not, the the new Orioles front office hired the hitting coach from Hartford Community. That's College. right. We did a story on that in press box, and that's a he's got he's he's a deep diver in the analytics and launch angle theories that uh, are so popular today. Yeah, he is, and I'm I'm looking forward to meeting him. I, I've only heard good things. His name's Tom Eller. Uh, yep. I actually think Tom has been out with the Delmarva Club the last couple months. I think their hitting coach had either a a birth in the family or, you know, for some reason needed to go home. So Tom's had some real hands-on experience here at the start of the season with the, the Delmarva team that last I checked was 24-4. and four. So something wow. something's working out there. So he'll, he's going to join us as our hitting coach. And uh, we've got a brand-new pitching coach, kid named Robbie Avilas, joining us from the Indians organization. So it, it, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be uh, – it's great when you have a, a leader like KB who's been doing this for a long time, who's really a you know a teacher and a leader of men, and then some young new faces. Um, I think that the future Orioles, our players, are in really good hands with this staff. And and before we kind of let you go to wrap things up, I know you don't know who the Orioles are going to draft on June the third, but with the number one pick in the entire draft. My guess is, and again, I, I'm just basing this on things I've seen in the past, that player, in my estimation, stands a pretty good chance to start at Delmarva. But I would think that any picks after that are fair game to be part of your roster. Is that a, a fair assessment to make? Yeah, I, I think you're – unfortunately, I think you're correct. Um, you'd, love you know, to have, just... you'd love to have whoever it is number one pick in the entire draft – debut as an Ironbird. but I, I sure would. Yeah. It's Like you said, it's above my pay grade. I have no <laughs> insight to who it's going to be, but you figure if it's the catcher out of Oregon State, that kid's going to be pretty refined and, and probably hitting at a better level than the New York Penn League. So like you said, he could end up in Delmarva, and if it's Bobby Witt Jr., the high school player, they may send him down to the Gulf Coast League for the year. So I'm very hopeful. I think that uh, for ticket sales, for fun, for fan fun, um, we'd love to have that guy here, even if he's only here for a week or two. Yep. Um, but either way, you know, this is a – I don't know if everybody realizes how big and momentous this is, but the Orioles select first. It's exciting. It really is exciting. Well, you know, if you, if you think back uh, with the Washington Nationals and their early struggles as a franchise when they got to the district – you think about Bryce Harper. You and think Steven about Strasburg. <clears throat> Steven Strasburg. And those are guys that can change the course of your franchise. And that's why it's so important with a team that now has obviously admitted there's a rebuild going on. Uh, and this organization, they cannot afford to miss on this first pick. You've got some smart guys down there at Oriole Park these days, and I, I think that uh, whatever they do is going to be the right decision, and, and hopefully this is the, the first big step in that rebuild and um, getting a winner on the field here in the next handful of years. Hey, uh, we'll let you go after one more quick question. August sure. 9th is Star Wars night. Now, the Orioles had one the other d- night, and unfortunately they didn't get the greatest weather cooperation that night. But then I turn on that same night later, I'm watching the Mets and the 
the Mets in Milwaukee played like a 17-inning game or 16 innings. It was Star Wars there. What is it that is so uh, uh, so captivating for fans of all ages about Star Wars night? You've got one August the 9th. I think it's just a it's a movie that gets better with age, and what Disney's done with Star Wars, keeping it fresh and new. You know, there isn't a generation that doesn't love Star Wars. So for families who watched it in the 80s, for kids who see it today to come out and see these characters, it's a blast. And to watch fireworks coordinated to you know, the John Williams soundtrack, to see Darth Vader in person on the concourse, we, we always have probably 40 to 50 characters here. We've wow. got guys with lightsabers. It, it, it's just a blast. It's fun, and it's it's a blast from the past and the future. All right. Let's do this again right uh, right as the season opens, all right? We'll get Great. you on uh, either a few days before that first weekend or a few days after, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And, and, we'll, and we'll have you on and we'll have you on right before crab night. Yeah. Of the ballpark. Perfect. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks very much, Matt Slatis. We enjoy the partnership and love uh, love promoting minor league baseball at the